All right. Well, let's uh, continue our study here. Genesis 25. Genesis 25. And uh, go through this. Genesis 25. And we'll begin by reading verses 19 through 23. Genesis 25, 19 through 23. Right, say this. Genesis 25, beginning in verse 19. Sword drill, go! Genesis 25, 19. It says, And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. Be encouraged, young man. Be encouraged, amen. <laughs> Be encouraged, right? 40 years old. Huh? He didn't know that at the time. He didn't know that at the time. So, all right. Yes. But remember, better to be married to the right 120 than the wrong 140. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Just trying to help you out there. All right. And so Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. And uh, would he live 180s or something? The daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. The two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we just come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, boy, the, the, the wonder of it all. Lord, when we think about your love, when we think about your mercy, when we think about what you've done on our behalf, what we think about what you desire to do in us and through us. And then, Lord, uh, the eternity we have to look forward to. And uh, Lord, I'm glad we have uh, the, the word of God, uh, dear Lord God, to, to guide us in this life and prepare us for the next life. And Lord, again, help us just to love your word. Again, we thank of those uh, that are upon our heart tonight. We thank of uh, Sister Dot. We thank of Sister Loretta uh, Carpenter. We thank of Brother Pitt. We thank of uh, uh, Sister Karen's daughter, Brittany. And Lord, be with uh, Sister Karen as she'll be uh, on the road uh, coming back. And Sister Bartell, Sister Jackson, uh, Brother <laughs> Sippy, Lord, uh, Sister Sarah tonight. Lord, just a lot of uh, physical needs among us, dear God. And we ask you to touch and work miracles and give guidance and wisdom. Lord, we think of uh, what Sister Judy mentioned tonight. Lord, we pray that you'd uh, give great grace there and help uh, Sister Judy as she's ties to minister uh, to this uh, loved one during this time. And we pray for that Bible study there and continue to use her uh, uh, there and uh, just other things going on at the church. Lord, give us guidance and wisdom. Lord, help us to be uh, the servants, the church uh, that you'd have us to be. And Lord, again, help us to be faithful students of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. You know, uh, it says uh, here, you know, just a note here at the end of 23, it says, and the elder shall serve the younger. You know, uh, that's a uh, that's a, a principle, as you see, if you follow that through the word of God about the elder serving the younger. You remember later on, we're going to see 
uh, when Joseph brings his children to, to, to Jacob, right? And he crosses his hands there, and, and uh, Joseph gets upset. But there's a, there's a, there's a pattern there you'll see, uh, you'll see uh, through, uh, through the Word of God concerning that. Now, as a little review, uh, last week we were talking about, uh, uh, we started on uh, Isaac. And if you remember this statement, that Isaac has been described as the mediocre son between uh, of a great father than the mediocre father of a, of, a, of a great son. But as we look at this life, we looked at Abraham, now we're looking at Isaac, and then we get to Jacob. But it's just a wonderful thing to see uh, the pattern in a family, you know, the, the father and then the, uh, the grandfather, and then you go on to the, the grandson, and we just like to see that in families. I shared recently about uh, my own family, and then uh, Brother Thomas, you know, we see him here. He's been a a faithful servant of the Lord since uh, 1983 when he got saved right here, right? And he's been a faithful servant. And then the uh, Lord uh, gave them a, a, a good son and gave his son a good wife. And now uh, we saw that generation and uh, they go to a church. And now uh, seeing the, the grandchildren, many of you uh, uh, see that, your, your children, grandchildren, servant of the Lord. Uh, some of you have uh, children and grandchildren uh, on the mission field. And then others are just uh, faithful uh, members of uh, local churches and all that's uh, important. So it's just exciting to see uh, God working through families in the Word of God and then to see that God's, amen, still working with in families today. And so that should encourage us uh, uh, to stay, to stay uh, uh, faithful because if the Lord tarries how he might use our, our children and uh, uh, grandchildren. And so exciting stuff there. And so uh, we saw uh, Isaac, right, as, as, when he, as the son Right as a submissive son and submitting uh, to the will of God and the will of uh, his father uh, when he went uh, as the willing as the willing sacrifice there, and then uh, we saw him in a, uh, working in the field there when God brought Rebecca when God brought Rebecca to him, and then uh, uh, we then uh, we saw where uh, Ishmael and his brother uh, buried their their father. It's kind of interesting. Of course, Abraham ended up having other children, but uh, uh, how Ishmael. Uh, came into that, you know, another example, uh, of course, uh, you know, in, in Galatians, you see an interesting thing about uh, Ishmael and Isaac. You know, that's an important thing to study there because, you know, God really only recognized Isaac, you know, and uh, because he was, he, was the, uh, he was the child of faith. You know, and, and, and again, you could have seen Ishmael and Isaac standing next to each other and you, yeah, they don't look any different to me. Why would you use one over the other? Well, God looked down and he saw, he saw the element of faith in one and uh, what was done out of the flesh in the other. So just because two things look alike doesn't mean that God recognized them. And that's important to recognize in the service of the Lord because, you know, we talk about those rewards in heaven that some are going to be burned up <laughs> and some might remain. So, you know, you might look over and you say, oh, man, I wish I was doing what that guy was doing. Yeah, but is he doing it in the will of God? Is he doing it by faith? You know, uh, he might look like he has some big work, but that all perishes because he was doing it uh, as a personality driven thing or for his own glory. And then somebody might think, well, you know, I just have this little work over here, but yet you're being faithful and, and you're doing the will of God. And amen, that might just be a, uh, might just be a diamond. Amen. So I'd rather have a little diamond than a, than a, than a big bell of hay. Amen. That's going to burn up when day. And I'm sure the women would agree with that too, right? <laughs> They'd rather have a, little time than a, than a, a, a big bell of hay there that's going to burn up one day. So it's how God looks at things. It's not how we look at things. It's how God, because even Abraham said that, oh, why can't you just use Ishmael? You know, he got, he got uh, sidetracked there because God says, I only use what's a faith. 
Amen? I only use what's done uh, by faith. So uh, it's, in, it's in, uh, important to understand that. So, and uh, then, of course, uh, Ishmael. We see that uh, in uh, uh, Genesis 25, 21 here, and it says this, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife uh, because she was wearing, he prayed, barren. So he prayed uh, for his, his, his wife. And so listen, uh, you know, God is in control of all things, right? There's nothing you can't pray about. And so we see that uh, uh, God brought several children in the word of God by prayer. You see Abraham's prayer. That's how we got Isaac. And it's amazing when you study some of these uh, uh, people where the, where the wife was uh, uh, barren and then the, the, there was a prayer that a lot of times those children became great men of God in the Bible or, or uh, God used them. So an example here, Abraham prayed and God gave Isaac. And then Isaac prayed and uh, we see we got Esau and Jacob. And then uh, uh, Rachel prayed and got uh, Joseph who was a great type of Christ uh, in the word of God. And then of course Hannah prayed and then you got the great prophet of God, Samuel. And then even in the New Testament, you see uh, Zechariah prayed, and you got the great uh, man of God, uh, John, uh, John the Baptist. And so that, uh, listen, uh, doesn't matter what the need is, uh, bring it before the Lord. I remember uh, hearing the story about, you. I don't know how many of you heard of John, uh, uh, John R. Rice, the old preacher John R. Rice. And they said a lot of times, you know, he was known as a great prayer warrior. And uh, they said that uh, a lot of times if young couples were having maybe, you know, uh, they'd been married a while and hadn't had a baby, that, you know, they'd, they'd come to John or Rice and say, oh, could you, could you pray for us? Uh, uh, the Lord hasn't seemed fit to give his children yet. He, he'd pray. And uh, uh, then, uh, you know, next time they saw John or Rice, they'd be carrying a little baby. But uh, there's a story about one time when he, when he was older, when he was older uh, at a meeting and, and uh, they, uh, I don't know if they were recognizing Mother's Day or something. Anyways, they had all the, all the ladies stand up and uh, they asked him to pray. And they, he thought he wanted, you know, somebody in his mind, you know, he was older and it, 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 he started praying for all these women to be able to have children. They said, you never saw women sit down so fast, amen, because they, they were all different ages. So, amen. So if you're going to pray that, make sure you're praying it for uh, the, right, the right people. But it shows that we can take those things take those things to the Lord. But notice, uh, we read there, so he, uh, Isaac seeks the Lord on behalf of his wife. And again, we'll pick up in verse 23, and the Lord said unto her, right, she uh, came with child, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And what's amazing Right is when you study the brothers, Isaac seems like the real man. I mean, I mean Esau seems like the real man there, right? I mean, he he's a hunter and he does all this stuff. And uh, uh, Jacob comes across. I don't know. He's, he's like a, a mama's boy, right? You know, uh, you know when when Jacob's out there uh, hunting and building stuff, and and uh, you know Jacob's in there uh, baking cookies with his mom. <laughs> That's fine, amen. That's good to know how to bake cookies and all that. But you know he's in there with his mom. But yet, but yet. What happens? The, 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 uh, the stronger family comes from uh, uh, Jacob, right? And then, uh, you know, Esau, he sort of uh, goes, off, uh, uh, goes off to the, 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 the side there. 
So it's kind of interesting. I mean, God just sort of, he keeps things in the mix to make sure there's that element of faith in everything that's done there. A lot of times there's things you can explain. It seems like, the, seems like God will show you something that will come down right here and you can't quite close it. And that little gap right there, that's where God is, amen? That's where the element of faith is that brings everything together. But notice uh, verses 24 and 25. And when her days were to be delivered, were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Verse 20, and the first came out red all over like in hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came out his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. Look at that. And his name was called Jacob. Of course, it means supplanter. And Isaac was three years old, three score years old when she bare them. So he'd been married uh, 20 years there already. So interesting. She gives uh, birth to those twins. And so uh, we see later that Isaac repeats the sin of his father after many years and uh, goes down in the land of the Philistines and says, uh, uh, this is my, uh, this is my uh, sister. And so you got to be careful. A reminder, hey, listen, your children are watching you. Your children are watching you. And, you know, uh, just a side note, you know, we're going to have uh, uh, the baby dedication uh, next week. But, you know, uh, the relationship between Isaac and Rebecca is a good study on parenting. Man, you want to see a good study on parenting? Uh, study uh, the relationship there between Isaac and Rebecca as it unfolds. Now, the first 20 years, it doesn't say much about it. So maybe it was pretty uneventful. Seems like they got along pretty good. But boy, those children come along. Boy, it makes a difference. And boy, parents can side with children. And them children know how to get in between the parents and, and uh, all those things, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, go, go ask your dad. Oh, but mom said, you know, and uh, they get in there. So they're a good example of what not to do, you know, getting favorites and sort of pairing up sides. Uh, 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 listen, uh, uh, don't, don't, you know, uh, how many people have I heard about uh, being in a family where, I don't know, my brother was always mom's favorite or my uh, uh, brother was dad's favorite, things like that. You know, I know our, all of our children have different personalities and they have uh, different uh, abilities and things like that. But boy, don't, don't, get, don't uh, uh, get a favorite and don't, you know, lean more towards one than the other. And so there's a lot of good teaching and warning a study between uh, Isaac and Rebekah and the way they treated Esau and Jacob. Boy, they messed a lot of things up because they played uh, a favorites uh, among their children. So uh, you might want to read through that and pay attention uh, to uh, how, that, how that worked out there, as we'll see some of it here, but uh, some good warnings about what to not to do uh, in parenting between Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau as, as the family there. So uh, you see these things happen in Jacob's life. And then a big thing you see uh, happen is uh, with, uh, with the whales. And so uh, the Philistines, all right, uh, uh, Abraham, was, he was out there. He dug a lot of wells. Then the Philistines came along and uh, filled those wells with dirt. And so it says the Philistines soon came jealous of the great success of uh, Isaac and retali retaliated by filling up with earth some old wells once dug by Abraham, Isaac's father. 
And so Isaac spent a great deal of time clearing the debris from these clogged water holes. And boy, there's some good principles in there about those that have gone before us and dug deep. Amen. Uh, and it's a good principle there when you think about the word of God, those that have gone before us and dug some good truths out of the word of God. And you know what the world wants to come to do and, and, and the modern preacher wants to come to do and uh, sort of plug up uh, those important wells, amen, uh, from days gone by. But, uh, but uh, at last, these wells been clogged up. And so it's important, amen, to keep, uh, as we look at those that have dug wells before us and dug deep into uh, the Word of God for us, that we keep digging wells and we keep digging in to the Word of God. I like a good verse here in uh, Genesis 26, 22, where it talks about um, uh, Isaac kept uh, uh, digging wells and then the Philistines would come and there'd be contention. And so finally, he finds a place where he digs a well and there's no contention. And we see that in Genesis 26, 22 says this, and he removed from thence and dig, uh, digged another well. Amen. For, they that, for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. This was my verse for the last church that I started in uh, Bulgaria. I claim this verse, you know, and the name of my church was, uh, well, in Bulgaria, it was Rehoboth Baptistka Tsirkva, right? Rehoboth Baptist Church was the name of our last church we started in Bulgaria because I went into that ghetto of uh, 50,000 uh, gypsies and there wasn't a Baptist church. Right. Everywhere you went, there were some Pentecostal churches because gypsies are real emotional people. So they they sort of attached to those Pentecostals and charismatic types. But there wasn't a Baptist church. And I said, hey, uh, the Lord has made room for us. May the Lord help us to be fruitful in this land. And matter of fact, when I put up the name Baptist Church, uh, everybody's saying, oh, what, what's a Baptist church? Are they Christians? So I had to make another sign with a cross and everything on it because I didn't put a cross on my first one and let them know, yeah, we're, we're a Christian. But that was the name of our, uh, that was the name of our uh, church there. But amen. Uh, listen, just keep digging wells. Amen. Just keep uh, uh, digging into the word of God. Amen. And uh, the Lord will work things out. So, uh, Isaac did as his once father did, and he enters into a non-aggressive pact with King Abimelech uh, uh, there because they kept having contentions. And so Isaac and Rebekah are grieved over the marriage of Esau, who at 40 years of age picks a pagan girl for his wife. Boy, study, study that out there. Remember, Esau gets upset of his parents and he just runs out and marries somebody. Boy, that's, that's a dangerous thing to do, children. Danger say it's important to, to wait for the right one. It's important, amen. Listen, there's few times, I tell young people, there's few times that you get a chance to really honor your parents for what they poured into your life. Few times you get to honor your parents. But one of the main areas you get to honor your parents is by a wedding and by a marriage, right? And seeking their counsel uh, in, in marriage. And boy, you want to you wanna get, get that right and wait for the right one and uh, honor uh, your parents. Boy, that's a, it's a heartbreaking thing just to, when the, uh, the children uh, you know, get rebel, rebellious and they just sort of run off and marry somebody or, or dad doesn't like that boy or, or, or mom doesn't like it, whatever the case is, you know, and they get all caught up in the, uh, the uh, uh, emotion of it and, uh, and, destroy, and destroy their lives. 
And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked and all those things. But listen, even, even if it's a Christian young man, even if it's a Christian young man, all that, you still, listen, you know, nobody prays for you more than your parents. I guarantee you. Hey, I thank God if you have a pastor that prays for you, you have people in the church that pray for you and others. But I guarantee you, nobody's prayed for you more than your parents. Nobody in this life, right, cares for you more than your parents. Nobody's done uh, more. And listen, of course, your parents want you to get married and they want you to have a, a, a good mate. But sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I remember uh, knocking on a, on, a, on, a, on a door one time and uh, 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 there was a little boy standing next to his uh, 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 mother. And I, I forget how, how it came up, but I was saying something to the little boy. I said, oh, I said, I said, be, I said be careful in life. I said, remember, mommy's taller than you so she can see further down the road than you can. Amen. So she might be able to see some things you don't see in life. And so remember, uh, uh, there's things that uh, your parents might pick up in somebody's character or in a situation that, you know, you're just not able to uh, discern yet because you're caught up in the emotion of it. Amen. And, and, and all those things. And I've heard people say, well, you can't help who you love. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can help who you love. One, by not being in places you shouldn't be, you won't, people meet, you won't people, meet people you shouldn't meet, right? So being in the right places. Or maybe if you, you by chance meet somebody, you know, at work or something that maybe you shouldn't have met, but applying biblical principles uh, to that relationship. And that'll tell you, oh, this is a relationship I shouldn't be in. And then again, uh, uh, going to uh, your parents. I mean, a, 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 a young lady, a, a guy shouldn't ask, well, you know, do you want me to talk to your dad or not? Or, 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 or if the guy and, and young men, uh, listen, uh, uh, you shouldn't have to ask a young lady that question. If you're trying to inquire about a young lady, you should say to a young lady, well, do you think I should talk to you? No, uh-uh. Man up, amen, and go talk to the man, Right. And, uh, and just know that that's the right thing to do. To, to, uh, you know, you might make a connection with the daughter and say, oh, hey, uh, I'd like to talk to your father. Is there, you know, and uh, what do I got to do or how do I make the connection or whatever? And make sure that uh, you do things the right way. Listen, there's, again, I've said it before, there's some things you only get a chance to get right once. Amen. After that, amen, you can get forgiveness or you can uh, uh, get, get, get back, uh, 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 you know, lined up. But, you know, you'll never recover uh, from those, some of those things, if you don't get them right, uh, get them right uh, the first time. So, man, that's so important. So, a sad thing, Esau uh, ran off and uh, broke his parents' hearts by marrying a pagan girl. So, uh, let's uh, get back here. And so, at the supper table in his home, the frust we see the frustrated father. Isaac, at age 137, felt that he was at the point of death. But actually, he would live another 43 years and reach 180. So you're right, David. He lived another 140 years. So, okay. So his brother Ishmael died at 137. So maybe he thought he was going to die around the same age. But he instructs Esau, you know the story, to kill a deer and prepare him a venison meal that he might eat and bless him before he dies. Now, here's the thing. Uh, uh, Isaac wants to bless Esau, right? But... You know, if he had paid attention, you know, of course, we know that Jacob comes in and we know what's about to happen. But here's the thing. We think, well, Jacob messed up and what Rebecca and, uh, uh, did was wrong and what Jacob did was wrong. Yeah, they handled it wrong. But you know what? Uh, God had already said when the children were being born that the, uh, the, 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 the second born, uh, the, the firstborn would serve the second. 
He'd already said that. So God had already given his will concerning the matter. And actually, by Isaac doing that, he was, in one sense, overriding the will of God that had already been stated. So it's, it's easy to say, well, uh, maybe Rebecca and Isaac handled it wrong, but actually uh, uh, they were leading to the right thing because that's what God had prophesied, right? In that, in that what, uh, what he had said over there in uh, verse 23 of 25, and the one people shall be stronger than the other and the elder shall serve the younger. God had already told them that, right? God had told them that. And so uh, uh, the blessing was supposed to go. To Jacob, because uh, that's what uh, that's what God wanted in the first place. So, in one sense, though Rebecca and Isaac might have handled it wrong, I mean, Jacob, uh, Rebecca and Jacob might have handled it wrong. In one sense, uh, that was the will of God. So, something to something to think about. Something to think about there. So, Isaac instructs Esau to call, go out and uh, uh, kill a deer and that he would come back and bless him. So, Rebekah overhears this conversation and immediately enters a plot with Jacob to deceive Isaac that he, Jacob, might obtain the blessing. And so, Rebekah was right in concluding that God desired the blessing. So, there it is. That was God's will. But, of course, she was wrong in how she handled it. You know, listen, there's God's will. And just because you know God's will doesn't mean you run out there and try to handle it in your own power. There's a good example of that. What's the will of God? The will of God is for Esau to serve Jacob. We know the will of God. So that doesn't mean we just go ahead over there and handle it in our own power. Now we got to know uh, uh, the, the way God wants to fulfill that will and the timing of it. So they knew the will of God, but they didn't fulfill it the right way. And so you got to discern all those things. Now we know what the will of God is. Now what's his way to fulfill that will and uh, the, the timing? All those things are important. Again, hey, God wants me to be married. That doesn't mean you just, you know, uh, run out and grab the, uh, the first person you run into just because, you know, that's the will of God. Hey, uh, when, when, God, uh, when God called me to preach, I was still in the military. I mentioned that before. I just didn't walk in the next day and say, well, first sergeant, I'm out of here. Yeah, that one went over too well. Amen. <laughs> that one went over too well. I, was in the, I still had another two and a half years left in the military. So I knew the will of God. Amen. Now I had to find the way he wanted to fulfill that and the timing. And so you might, God might have shown you something in your life and said, hey, I want to I call you into the ministry or I want I to lead you to do this. And so you, you have that certain that that's the will of God. Now be praying for guidance and discernment and being sensitive to the way he wants to fulfill that and his timing. And that's what they should have done here. They should have trusted God with it, but they ended up taking the matters into their own hand. But thank God that he overrode everything and still worked it out uh, to his glory. Because remember, the end never justifies uh, the means. As the saying you've heard, it's never right to do wrong to have an opportunity to do right. Let me say that again. It's never right to do wrong to have an opportunity to do right. So uh, remember that. So Jacob feels the plot uh, will never work, but in spite of being half half blind, the lad knew his father would want to lay hands on him. And so I, I always I want to see that. Re I wonder if they'll let us see that replayed in heaven because how he takes that goat's hair and everything. That just sounds kind of interesting, but it works out. And so his mother reassures him. Amen. Now, it's, ama it's amazing. She makes a statement upon me. Be thy curse, son. 
Well, that sounds like uh, Israel when they crucified Christ. Let, let, let his blood be upon us and our children. And she prepares Jacob for his deceitful action by cooking a dish similar to that of venison. She then dressed him in Esau's rough clothing and put the uh, skins of the kids and the goats upon his hand and upon the smooth of his neck. And then Jacob presents himself to Isaac as Esau, would ask how he found the venison. So quickly Jacob uh, lies. He says, because the Lord God brought it to me. And after some initial doubts concerning this identity, Isaac gives the blessing and Jacob kisses his father. And this is the first of three kisses of treachery in the Bible. Three kisses of treachery in the Bible. Uh, we'll look at that. Look at Genesis 27, verse 27. Says, and he came near, look at this, and kissed him, and smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord blessed him. I always like that verse as a missionary. I know what it's talking about here, but it says this The smell, my son, is as the smell of a field which the Lord had blessed. Every time I read that verse, you know, I thought about as a, as, as, as a missionary, I said, You know what? I want my garments, amen, to smell like the, smell like the field, smell like a gypsy village, right? Amen. That means being among, I always thought about it as being among the people, amen. Amen. May our garments, if you will, have the smell, if you will, of being in the field, amen. May people know that by uh, being around us that we've been been in the field and we've been out there and we've been active uh, in the service of the Lord. I always just like the way it said it in that verse. My son is as the smell of a field. Amen. He got out there. Amen. And we need to, we need to be out there in the field for the Lord, if you will. Amen. And have the, the, the smell of a field, if you will, in the, in the right sense of being out there in the service of the Lord. He says, the smell of field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine and let people serve thee. There it is. Right now. See, what if he would have given that to Esau? That would have been outside the will of God. It was the will of God. Amen. For uh, Jacob to be the one that was served and nations bow down to thee. Now, see, it would have been wrong to give that to Esau because under the Abrahamic under the Abrahamic covenant. Right. Uh, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. Right. Through his seed, and that seed was going to be through Jacob and not Esau. And nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let uh, thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Again, what if he would have said that to Esau? That would have been outside the will of God. Right? And cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be he that blesses thee. And again, that's part of the Abrahamic covenant being passed on there. And so again, we see it would have been wrong if he would have gave that to Esau. There was God's will from the very beginning. He stated that that was his will for it to go to Jacob. So it's sort of interesting how the Lord uh, turned that about despite what Isaac tried to do. Even though it was done the wrong way, uh, God turned it around and still got his will done. Uh, in that sitch, in that situation, so what a what a wonderful thing that is. So Jacob kisses Isaac in order to deceive him. So that's a that's one kiss of deception. Another kiss of, uh, kiss of deception in the Bible is when Joab kisses Amasa in order to murder him. Remember that Joab, boy Joab, boy he. I was reading that the other day. Boy, Joab, man, he got his, you know, David, man, I'm not a sidetrack here, but that, David, you read the end of David's life, that's just an amazing, you know? He goes through life and says, oh, please don't kill me. David's like, oh, don't worry, man, we're still friends. 
you know? And then it was it Shimei or whatever his name was, you know, they cursed him. He said, oh, you're right. Hey, man, listen, I forgive you. I understand. I forgive you, you know? And then, uh, then, then uh, just before he dies, he calls Solomon in. He says, son, you know what to do. Amen. And, and so Solomon takes, take, takes all of them out. Boy, that's just, hey, man, David was, uh, he was an amazing, amazing guy there. So Jacob had no sooner walked out than Esau came in and the plot was discovered. And of course, Esau wails out loud over this deception and he determines to kill his brother. So Rebekah learns of the plot and asks Isaac that Jacob might be sent to Haran to seek a wife. So again, how the Lord uses this to fulfill his will in getting Jacob the proper bride. So Isaac calls in Jacob, blesses him and sends him to Haran saying, thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Amen. Dad's given good instruction there. Boy, again, it matters where you get your spouse, right? It matters where you get it from, where you don't get it from. At this point, Isaac drops out of the biblical account, even though he lived another 43 years. Isaac was not a man, a man who dreamed dreams and conquered continents. But we'll see that Jacob does that. But he was nevertheless at times a man of faith. So even though uh, Abraham is known as the father of faith and uh, uh, Jacob also was known as a great man of faith, uh, Isaac still lived by faith. So even though he's the lesser of the three, we don't discount him because he, what did he do? For the most part, he did the will of God. And again, that what matters, not how well your name's known, not how many chapters are written about you, but whether you did the will of God for your life. So uh, we'll just do an introduction here to Jacob. And so all of a sudden, uh, we, the, the rest of, uh, of, of, the, of Genesis is a big focus on, of course, Jacob and his children uh, there. So Jacob was the second born of twins. And of course, both these boys had the same background, but one grew to love God while the other looked down upon spiritual things. And so, boy, that's why it's important, man, uh, uh, listen, uh, to, to pray for your children. Just because uh, uh, children are born in the same household doesn't mean they're going to turn out the same. Just because they're born in the same household. That's why it's so uh, important that you, you pay attention to your children and you pay attention to their differences. And you pay attention to what they pay attention to or what they don't uh, uh, pay uh, attention to. And, uh, and so, uh, again, a good, 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 important lesson here on uh, paying attention to your children as they're being raised and paying attention to what they pay, pay attention to. So Esau became a skilled hunter and the favorite of Isaac's, while Jacob was the quiet type and appealed more to his mother. And Jacob connives to get his famished brother to trade his birthright. And this applied to certain advantages, privileges, and responsibilities, right? Because we know the firstborn usually got a double portion, amen, of what the parents left. So, uh, the again, the advantage and privileges were that the, this baby became the object, that is the firstborn, of special affection and would legally receive a double portion of his father's estate. The firstborn got the responsibilities were that he was expected to assume the spiritual leadership of the family. He also was required to provide food, clothing, and other necessity for his mother until her death and all the unmarried sisters until their marriage. Well, you, you still see that a lot in Asian culture. You know, um, uh, when, uh, when uh, uh, my, my wife's family, right, when the parents got old, uh, it was uh, even though uh, the oldest one were sisters, it was the oldest son's responsibility to take care of the parents when they got old. 
right? They still do that in Asian culture. And then it was the responsibility of, of the other children to give money to the older brother to help take care of, of the parents. So you see, uh, you know, and it should be a lot more that way in American society. You know, we've turned our, we've turned our parents and grandparents, you know, over to uh, uh, institutions. And uh, these things ought not so to be, brethren, as they say, you know. And a lot of times the family isn't fulfilling its responsibility in taking care of their loved ones uh, when they reach a certain age. But you see that that, that was part of the culture here uh, to take care of them. And notice it says the sisters uh, as well. You know, uh, maybe, it, maybe you can help me with this, but I don't really see a place uh, in the Bible where uh, a, a woman sort of off on her own. She's always under the, the authority of, she's under the authority of her husband. And then she goes from the authority of her, I mean, of her father. Then she goes from the authority of her father, amen, uh, to, to her husband. And she's not really uh, uh, under her own authority, if you will. She's either under uh, her, her, her uh, father or her husband. So that's an important thing to realize as well. So with all this background in mind, much light can be thrown into the character of Esau who counted his birthright as nothing. He was apparently not interested in any double portion, slice of his father's estate, while Isaac, his father, would gather much wealth later. He may have possessed very little of this wealth during the early days. At any rate, Esau was not interested in the material advantages of his birthright, and he certainly was not interested in maintaining any spiritual responsibilities, nor was he concerned with providing for his mother. He may have sensed her special affection for Jacob. And so, again, a good study there. Listen, children, take care of your parents when they reach that certain age. His actions reflected his carnal attitude. As he was already seen, he was both a fornicator and a profane person. The term fornicator refers to his immorality, while the word profane calls attention to his utter disregard for spiritual things. It literally means, the word profane, one outside the temple. And so then we see the focus turns to Jacob. And we'll finish up here in a moment. Rebecca overhears Isaac's plan to bestow the patriarchal blessing upon Esau. And again, she immediately plotted with Jacob to obtain this for him. And Isaac got deceived by Jacob, and he receives that blessing. So uh, Esau, Esau discovers it, and of course we know he wanted to kill his brother. So Jacob takes off. And he's going to find him a bride. Turn over to Genesis 28, 1 through 5. And it says this. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And so, hey, he's called to take a a, a, a a bride from the same family. Now, in our sense, of course, uh, we take it from the same family, God's family. Uh, we're supposed to take uh, a, a mate from. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. And thou mayst be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee. Maybe notice now how freely he blesses Jacob. Maybe somewhere along the line, Isaac realized the mistake that he made and wanted to pass that blessing on to Esau. And he realizes that, hey, this was the will of God the whole time. And now he freely says the blessings of Abraham uh, be upon Jacob. So to thy seed with thee, notice this, and give thee the blessing, he passes on the, Abrahamic, the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant freely to Jacob now. 
Even though he had deceived him, maybe he, he, he finally realized his mistake because it says, give thee, verse four, give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger. That's the same promise given to Abraham, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, and the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. So we'll pick up on Jacob's life, and it gets a lot more interesting, amen, when we see what God does in his life. Let's pray.